I continually find people who want to overcome certain barriers or beliefs or challenges so that they, by resolving issues that they have, can make a difference in the world. People who, and there's been a lot of research done on this, people who want to make a difference in the world are happier, healthier, live longer, and find more opportunities coming to them because of who they are at their core of their being. And when you are willing to invest time and money and energy into developing a skill set that will not only improve yourself but help others, life becomes dramatically more profound. Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six to seven figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Ballou. And boy, do we have an amazing, exciting guest lined up for you today. I am speaking, of course, of one of my earliest mentors and teachers, the woman who taught me all about the exciting field of NLP Neuro Linguistic Programming, the one, the only, the legendary Mary Lou Seavey. Welcome to the show, Mary Lou. <laughs> it's great to be here, Nikki. I've never had quite that exciting an introduction before, so thank you. It's absolutely my pleasure. It's absolutely my pleasure. Mary Lou, you're a thought leader's thought leader. You've been in the field for a long time. You have been one of the pioneers in bringing NLP into the workplace, into corporate life. And you've been someone who's got such an incredible varied background in the personal growth and professional growth industry. Tell us your story. Our listeners super interested to know. Well, I started... I don't even want to tell you how many years ago, because it'll date me. But I did start when the early days of a program called Silver Mind Control. And it was a great program. It taught me a lot about how to turn my attention inward, how to manage my internal states. And it had very packaged um, programs that someone could use to affect changes like waking up or dreaming or creative problem solving. And I loved it. I, I got great benefits from it. But there were the areas that I wanted most. I could not reach my goals and outcomes with that model. So what I did was I started seeking out what else was out there. And I ended up coming upon someone who was one of the very early trainers in NLP. In fact, he was bouncing back from California where he was doing his training to Boston where he was working with clients and I was his first client. The change in the first experience I had with him was so profound. I knew that something woke up inside me and that I found what I was supposed to be doing with my life. So in Massachusetts at that time to take an NLP training because it was a licensed therapeutic school, you had to have a certain level of degree. I didn't, so I went to work for the company. 
and I got to take the training. And then a few years later, after going through several, I started teaching for them. And it's been, that's been my journey since then. About 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, NLP became not only very popular, but it also became a little bit bastardized. So it was, we were finding programs take four days and become an NLP practitioner. And what was happening between, and some of it was really wonderful, but some of it was very challenging for people who were serious practitioners, was that um, some of the skills that were being taught were being taught as if anyone could apply them at any time. They were teaching trauma techniques and they were teaching a number of deeply profound interventions without having qualified did this student who's now learning these skills have the background and the understanding of the human experience to be effective in using them with people? So about that time, I started looking again and thought, well, what do I want? And because I work with my husband and we're involved in the same field, we found coaching. And so it had to be about 15 years ago. And coaching became a model of integrating NLP and the coaching practices to be very, very pragmatic. So that's where our next turning point was. And we merged NLP practitioner with ICF model coaching. And we've been teaching for the last 10 years in Dubai pretty steadily and in Boston and in Raleigh. Unfortunately, I don't come up to Toronto anymore, Nikki, so I haven't seen you for a while. But, you know, we're pretty happy with the way it's been going. And it's had a huge impact on myself and on the people that I see coming through the classes it's uh, astounding to see people wake up to another level of reality. You know, Mary Lou, that's, that's incredible. When I did NLP with you, it was in the early 2000s here in Toronto. It had an absolutely profound effect on my life at the time. I was struggling. I was working in a corporate setting at that point in time, and it wasn't going well for me. I was in the wrong job, and you know, my, uh, my employers at the time could see it. And when I came and I did your program, my, my world just opened up for me. Within a couple years, I went from being a corporate wage slave to being an entrepreneur, and I haven't looked back since. And it was the power of the work that I did with you that allowed me to grow and move into that next stage in my evolution. So NLP is very powerful. And it's not just NLP. It seems that the whole world of coaching, of consulting, of training, of facilitating is full of people. You've got kids today, 25 years old, claiming that they've got the experience to show you how to grow a multi-million dollar business. We've got 32-year-old men telling men who are in their 40s and 50s how they should deal with divorce and separation and, and raising children when they don't have children, they've never been married, and, and, and they haven't really got the experience to have a leg to stand on to talk about it. So it's refreshing to have someone who's truly a master at this, like you, be on the show. But one of the challenges we're facing today is far too many people. Everybody and their brother is a coach. Everybody and their brother is an expert. And that's just not true. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. And especially here in North America, and I'm not sure about Canada, although from what you're saying, it's probably up there too. But certainly in the U.S., there's been a lot of, you know, take one weekend course and now you're a master at this or 
take a weekend course, you can be an NLP practitioner in four days. And it's, it's very disheartening at one level, but at another level, it does get the information that there are skills out there that anyone can learn. Now, a good consumer pays attention to who they're learning from and what they're learning. We went down the road of having all of our programs vetted very carefully and went to independent board certification because, you know, if we certify our own program, well, we might meet our own criteria, but how does the consumer, how does the student or the delegate coming in understand that our criteria is the highest standard? So in the world of NLP, there are truly that I'm aware of, and I've been in this field for over 35 years, only two completely independent vetting organizations that board certify NLP at different levels. And one is pretty much therapeutic, and one is uh, has a wide scope with four different levels of certification um, approval. And so we chose ANLP out of Great Britain. Great organization, tremendous support for any NLP, serious NLP student. We're actually now their ambassadors in the U.S. We love what they offer to people and we love what they offer to training companies because they keep us on track. They keep us and they push us to continually to improve our skill set, expand what our knowledge base And the same with ICF coaching. When someone is looking for a coach, like you say, I mean, there are people who claim to be a coach and they've never taken a coaching program. They were a consultant and coaching's big, so now they're a coach. Coaching is a very specific industry and it has a lot of qualifications that if you're going to find a coach, you want them to be met. And ICF is an association for coaching, again, out of Great Britain, are two of the top the industry standards, and we're members of both. I'm an ICF PCC level coach, and I would recommend to anyone who's pursuing a coach to make sure that their skill set, the coach's skill set, has and meets the ethical standards of ICF core competencies. They may even only be a member, but if they're a member, then they can only join ICF when ICF says, yeah, the coach training you took it's, it meets our standards. And those standards are set for the benefit of the consumer. You know, that's a powerful point. And here's a challenge that a lot of people have in the industry, okay, that are practitioners, including and especially a lot of people that have gotten their certifications, is they're really good at doing the coaching end of the business. They can really deliver the goods. But when it comes to actually marketing themselves and commercializing things and becoming successful, many of them struggle. I looked at the latest ICF report, and they say that the median coach's income is $52,000 a year. Now, that's an ICF coach within the ICF world of the people who responded to their survey. I've looked at other stats that say that the average coach is barely making $30,000 a year. And that's That's a tragedy. That's a travesty. It's one of the reasons I'm in business is to help really good people that are out there wanting to make a difference in the world, be able to commercialize it, to be able to monetize it. What are your thoughts and comments on that, Mary Lou? Boy, did you hit a nail right into a board that so many people are like right in front of. So our experience is that we teach a very powerful coach and NLP certification training. And we provide them with an avenue to build and launch their business. 
we also let people know that for the first three years, you're going to spend maybe 70 to 80% of your time networking, marketing, presenting yourself, finding the, not only the niche that you have that you can market to, but really defining yourself as someone who is a thought leader, who is outstanding with their skill set, who makes a difference. And that may include volunteering. It may include doing free uh, introductory programs. It may be knocking on doors, but uh, ultimately, you need to have some sort of a marketing strategy. And a lot of people think they can skip that part. They can't. The days of word of mouth are pretty much gone. When I started, my husband started, we built our business on word of mouth. Granted that initially we were in a program that was fairly well recognized because there were very, very, very little competition. But once we left that organization and we, you know, we did have a good following, but to market outside to go to the Middle East and start from scratch, it had to be built in a way that was different. And we did start with word of mouth. And once again, because of who we are and because we put so much into the community, the community we build, we're doing pretty much all of our work on word of mouth. And it's not true for the young coaches coming up. They need to know how to utilize the social media tools that are out there. They need to have good marketing strategies. They need to know how to present themselves as an entrepreneur as well as a coach. A lot of them do not understand, you know, they're leaving the corporate world like you did. It wasn't a good fit or they just needed a change or they want to make a difference. But the fact is that you can have a great skill set, want all the good things for everyone. But if you don't reach people, you can only go so far. Mary Lou, that's bang on. One of the things that we say in thought leadership, and this comes from one of my mentors, a man by the name of Matt Church. Matt Church is a gentleman out of Australia. He's the number one speaker in Asia Pacific, Australia. He created a program and a community there called Thought Leaders Business School, Thought Leaders Global. And he said that, in his opinion, you shouldn't call yourself a coach. He said, because if you call yourself a coach, people will put you in a bit of a box and it'll limit what you're able to do. He'd rather say that he's a thought leader. He's an expert who does X, Y, and Z. So for example, what I say, people ask me what I do, is I help coaches, consultants, facilitators, trainers, authors, and speakers add 100000 to a million a year to their income while working 10 hours a week less. That's what I say I do. Now, the way I do that is primarily through an educational and mastermind program, and we also do some coaching and speaking and so forth. But I used to do just one-on-one coaching. And when I, when I portrayed myself as a one-on-one coach, people wouldn't give me opportunities to speak. People wouldn't give me opportunities to do group training programs for them. And since I've stopped positioning myself as a coach and position myself as a thought leader, those opportunities have opened up for me. What are your comments on that? I think it's great. I'm, I'm thrilled that that's working for you. I also find that saying, hey, I'm a coach, suddenly you fall into a basket of so, so, so many other people who, you know, your potential client may have met and they didn't hold up the standards of what you do. One of the things that I recommend to people when they first start out is instead of going out and saying, hey, I'm a coach, uh, let me tell you about what I do, is to when they meet someone or they know that they have a potential client, say, you know what, 
I'm really interested in who you are. I'm interested in what you need, what you want. I'm interested to know more about you so that if I am a good fit in anything that I do have as a skill can help you, then we can meet and in that meeting, we can create something very dynamic. So by leaving out the I am a coach, and because most of my experience with people is somebody refers somebody to me, they don't tell them I'm a coach often. They say, hey, you've got to meet this really interesting person. It's very, very interesting how when you step back from your label and present yourself to the other, either to meet their needs or to discover from them what their needs are, how the synergy creates a bonding where you connect with people at the level of what's important to them, their criteria. Now, the way you introduce yourself, it'd be hard pressed for anybody to not have, okay, I can go to that criteria. That's important to me. There's lots of ways to go about it. That's brilliant. And you know, that's very important. People don't really care what you do. They care what you can do for them. They care how you're able to help them solve the problems that are important to them. That's what's really matters to them. Isn't it, Mary Lou? Yeah. <laughs> you know, people reach this. I think certainly in the 35 years that I've been doing this body of work in the varieties of forms. And I, I, you started I continue- when you were three, right? Yeah, really. <laughs> I I continually find people who want to overcome certain barriers or beliefs or challenges so that they, by resolving issues that they have, can make a difference in the world. People who, and there's been a lot of research done on this, people who want to make a difference in the world are happier, healthier, live longer, and find more opportunities coming to them because of who they are at their core of their being. And when you are willing to invest time and money and energy into developing a skill set that will not only improve yourself but help others, life becomes dramatically more profound. That's very true. You know, I was interviewing one of my mentors, a man by the name of Mark Von Muser. He used to work for the number one transformational leader in the world. And, and over a five-year period, he helped that individual add millions and millions of dollars to his company's top and bottom lines. Mark says that his mission is to find a thousand beings of light and serve them to their dream and help them serve their clients to their dream. It's all about serving people to their dream, serving them and, and, and helping them see that what they're dealing with, the pain that they're facing is real and there's consequences to not facing that pain and finding a real solution to it. And I know that's what you do and that's what you do so effectively because I've worked with you for all these years. I know that's probably a big reason why so many people keep coming to you and referring people to you. What's your comment on that to the people that you're working with and you're trying to mentor and help that are getting into this industry for the first time? It's a great question. So many people that they find the pathway and say, okay, so I'm going to do this work now. I'm going to take these courses. I'm going to be the best that I can be. They're great in the class. They, they, because they're, 
you know, they're sponsored through the entire class. They're, we're there for them. We make sure that by the time they leave, they're going to get their certification and that they deserve it and that they've earned it and because they represent our company. So they, you know, they write that last day of the class and the energy is so high and people are so happy and they have all these plans about going out and changing the world. And then they realize, oh, I don't have all of my I don't have my community with me. I don't have my classmates. I don't have, I don't have my trainers. I'm like, I'm on my own. Oh my God, what am I going to do? And fear comes into play and doubt comes into play. Doubt and fear are human experiences. When you apply the skills that you learn to address those issues, then you're far more likely to go out and find what needs you, you kind of back up and chunk down to what do I need to do? What am I afraid of? What is this big monster under the bed that I think is going to keep me from being successful? You start to step back and step back and step back and say, okay, so it's this. So I need marketing or I need public speaking skills or I need to network and I don't know how to do networking. So I've got to find out how to do networking. So you keep defining and defining and defining what it is that you need And when you have those needs met, and it's going to continue to evolve, it still happens to me. I just got an email from the one of the we do work for the U.S. Army, and you know, just another government agency asked us to do give us a proposal for something or another. And my, you know, first thing is my heart started to race. I was like, oh, do I really want to do that? Not race in a good way either, by the way. And I thought, just step back, Mary Lou. What what's going on here? do I want to work with the government? Do I want to do that kind of work? And my immediate response was, no, I don't. (laughs) So as soon as I got clear, my energy changed. And that's the key that I think a lot of people fail to realize. The change in your energy is going to transmit through your voice, through your facial expressions, through your demeanor, through any of and all of your communications, verbal and nonverbal, written, videos, whatever it is that you do, that energy that you carry, the I can do this, I can serve you, I can help you, you're amazing, I want to find ways to help you find your amazing. When you have that, it's so much easier because when the fear is there, that radiates out too. Remember, I used to do some work in a women's prison in Massachusetts, and it was a really interesting experience because the only women that were in there at that time were incarcerated for murder because the institution only held so many. It was built in the Victorian times. It was built to hold 75 people, and there were hundreds and hundreds of women in there when I went into one of the programs. And I I was more terrified of the guards than I was of, of the inmates, and The first day I went in, I will admit, I was pretty freaked out about the group that I was facing because they were a lot tougher than I was. And you remember me, Nikki. You know, I... I You're not a wallflower, Mary Lou. No. You know, I had a lot of guts. I had a lot of chutzpah. But I also didn't prepare myself to walk into... I look like I have a great life and I'm facing these women who most of them will be incarcerated for life and they're not happy with their life. And all of a sudden, the reality of the situation I was in hit me and the fear just, of course, the guards left the room and locked me in there with about 15 women. I'm thinking, oh, I'm in deep trouble here. (laughs) If, If I don't get them on board real soon, there's no way out and I might not get out. So, and I really felt that way. So there was this one woman and she was probably about, oh, maybe 10 times my size, very muscular, had a pack of lucky strikes rolled up in her t-shirt, jersey was rolled up. And 
And I knew, I knew that I had to win her over. And I opened my mouth and within two minutes. She said, bullshit. And I looked at her and I went, okay, I'm not going to deal with you. And then I started up again about 30 seconds later, bullshit. And I knew I had to deal with her. And I looked at her and I went, you're right. It's bullshit. So now that we know it's bullshit, what are we going to do from here? And that interaction, because I went to where she was coming from and faced it, my fear went away and she started to laugh. She was my, for the year and a half that I did those programs, she had my back all the time. She was wonderful. She loved me. When you emanate your strength, you attract people. When you emanate your concerns, you repel people. You may not repel them immediately, but they'll walk away and they'll reconsider. And they somehow or another, no matter how good you are at what you say, no matter how good your promotion is, they're not going to buy in. Wow. Mary Lou, it's been a while since you and I have uh, spent some time together. And uh, I've always been blown away by the profound power of your presence and what you have to impart. Your wisdom is priceless. I remember what you said to me years ago. I heard a a variation of it yesterday when I was listening to a training by my mentor, Mark von Muser. You said to me, society raises us to be victims. People who are victorious raise themselves. You said that to me in 2001, and that stayed with me all these years. That is a verbatim quote from the great Mary Lou Seavey. Talk about new, that. Talk about that quote, why that. that's powerful. I have a new version of that, Nikki. I have, when you're a child, you are a victim. There are not only the society, but there are rules that you must follow from that society. There's your parents, there's your teachers, there's your, you know, there's bigger people than you are. You don't have a lot of say. You don't have a lot of choice. So you, you in many cases, are a victim. But when you're an adult, you're a volunteer. And if your life is not going the way you want it, You have signed up for that. And the only way out is to step up and say, I will. I will find out what I need to do and I will do it no matter how long it takes. You know, some of our our trainings, we have people that are in their teens and we have people that are in their 60s who are willing to start life over again. It, It doesn't matter what age you are. Any day can be a great day, and any day can have all sorts of catastrophes and calamities and crisis. No matter what life throws at you, how you respond to that, you're either a victim or you're victorious. You move through it. Every challenge makes you stronger. Powerfully said, Mary Lou. Powerfully said. So... There's another aspect to thought leadership, which is important for us to touch on today. So in order for you to be a thought leader, you need to have world-class intellectual property. You need to do the hard work of thought leadership, which is actually thinking. What a concept, right? So give me your comments on that. Why is that important in your view? Well, I think so much information is available to us now, and so much of it is um, packaged in ways that is appealing to start with, but isn't really grounded in any factual um, structure. 
So we need to be astute. We need to pay attention and do our homework. Fact-checking is something that has become almost mandatory uh, for us to understand that the information that we're learning is we've got to be lifelong learners. You can't even think about creating a powerful life for yourself and for others if you're not willing to continue to learn more, grow, change, develop your skill set, your um, attitude, your perceptions. The wider you scope out into the world, the more you find. I mean, one of the things that I so love about travel is, and I think I've taught in, I don't know, about 18, 19 different countries now. One of the things I really love about travel and meeting people from all over the world is the more people I meet from the more different cultures the more I understand how narrow my limiting culture was. I remember a time, I don't know if you were in this class or not, but it was over um, a Thanksgiving holiday because I used to teach up in Toronto on that holiday. And because you guys all had it off, you know, you had that weekend off. And I remember making a statement once and saying to the class, you know, um, something about Americans. And one of the women in the class, this was early on in the class, yeah, before we had really built a lot of rapport. She said, you Americans, you always say that you think you're Americans. <laughs> she said, you know, we may be Canadians, but we have America as our homeland too. And I thought, I went, oh my God, that's so amazing. That's so powerful for you to say that. And there was a woman in the class, Jean Ryan, great lady. I remember her well. Jean, yeah. And she was the other American in the training. And she, and she got me aside. She said, I didn't realize that people saw us that way. And we were looking at, at meaning. We were looking at what is the meaning of the, of the flag? And, you know, people having all these wonderful statements about the Canadian flag. And then what about the uh, U.S. flag? And someone said tyranny, <laughs> capitalism. And I'm standing there in the front of the room going, whoa, this is amazing. I had not, even though I had traveled so much, I had never had it in my face how Americans were perceived outside of the model that I had. And so now, and from that day forward, my travel has been an, an education in discovering how people move past the labels, move past the perceptions, and how people find connections at a much deeper level. What are their values? What are the what is the difference that they want to make in the world? How do they perceive meaning in from one and to another culture? And how do we bridge those meanings? Because that really is where all conversations fall apart. People have different meanings for their highly valued criteria, and that's where they clash. Or it's also where they come together, or they find ways to build bridges. You know, so the more you expand your learning experience, the more you... Um, the more you're willing to keep your growth going, the more real you are. And it's about being real. You know what? We live in, a, in, in an age where people are hungering for authenticity. They're just hungering for it. Because so many people today are, are, are not authentic. So many people in our industry are, are actually what I call charlatan marketers. That when someone speaks with an authentic voice, People just gravitate toward it. They love it. It, it, it. it really is something that feeds into the collective soul. It's Authenticity. And, and I got to say, I love America and I love Americans. You know that. And uh, we here in Canada, we, uh, we, we may gripe sometimes, but uh, we love and respect America and we love what America is all about. Frankly, we have, we have the best relationship of any two countries in the world and we're very proud of that fact. It goes both ways. 
Yeah, 100%, 100%. Mary Lou, this has been an awesome interview. We like to end off each interview by asking you, our expert guest, for your top three expert action steps that you recommend our listener take on to take their life and their business to the next level. What are yours? Well, one, which I've learned the hard way, is to pause before you speak. Uh, Too often we get reactive instead of responsive. So pausing gives you a chance to center yourself, to stabilize your internal states, recognize what where your emotion is, what what it is that you want to present to the listener. So that's one big important one. And in those times and places where there is a lot of tension, there is a lot of stress in the dynamics of the relationship, in your own personal experience, is to take a step back and I mean physically step back from where you're standing. And if you're close to a person, just maybe step a little away. But if you can actually take a physical step back and as if there's another, like you step out of the self that's engaged and then look at what do I really want? What in that situation that I'm seeing myself in, what's my outcome? What do I really want from this engagement, from this project that I'm involved in? That's going to give you a wider perspective. There's an exercise we do in the coach training where you continue to step back and step back and step back and keep asking a series of questions until you realize what your motivation actually is. And then you take that and carry that back into the experience. And it's profound for people to open the scope of their perception. And the third would be to ask questions. Questions are so important. We go around the world spewing out all of this I know this and what about this? And we spew out information that it's, yeah, it's great information. But if we ask questions, we're going to learn a lot more. We're going to be able to engage more profoundly, more deeply. And the very fact that we're asking questions of people immediately changes our energy state. And it says, I'm interested in you. And people need that in the world today. They need to know that they're valued. And what greater way to tell someone they're valuable than to ask them questions? Those are fabulous expert action steps. So Mary Lou, I know that uh, you're incredible at what you do. I am a big fan. And listener, if you're listening to this, Mary Lou's got some incredible trainings coming up in North America. I know you're doing most of your work in the Middle East these days, but you've got something coming up in the Boston area. Tell us a little bit about that, Mary Lou. We have two programs scheduled to Boston. One is actually, the dates are up on our website now. It begins in August. It's the NLP um, and Coach Dual Certification Program. It's over four weekends, two weekends back-to-back one month, and then two weekends back-to-back uh, the following month. And it is a, uh, it's a 12-session program that will take you from novice to ready to coach and give you all of the the directions to then go out and take those steps so that you can make coaching viable, whether it be in your business, in your personal life, or to set up an independent coaching as an entrepreneur. Um, And even if you're not interested in coaching, the program's incredibly powerful for your own personal awareness and growth because you're constantly with people and you can always ask the kind of powerful questions that NLP coaching provides you a model of. The other is uh, an Ericksonian hypnosis training that currently has been, there's been a prerequisite for the coach training, but we're opening it up in the Boston area 
a little more expanded. So it'll be an eight-day training, and it'll give the fundamentals of indirect uh, hypnotic communication, whether it be in the type of trance work that Erickson, Milton Erickson did, or whether it be using your hypnotic skills to engage someone more deeply into the information and ideas that they want and you from you and you want them to have. Well, I can say this, listener. I've done Mary Lou's uh, trainings. I did NLP practitioner and master practitioner with Mary Lou. She is amazing. Take advantage of this. The website is mindbridgetrainings.com. That's mind... mind- Singular. <laughs> Mind, sorry? Mindbridge training. Training. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Mindbridgetraining.com. Thank you for that correction. So go to the website, the information's there, and make sure that you take advantage of this opportunity if this is something that you're interested in. And, and Mary Lou, it's been a real privilege to have you here on the call. And what I want to say to you is that I'm so excited that we're reconnected again. You know, it's just great to have you back in my life. It's lovely hearing your voice, Nikki. It's been too long. It it definitely, definitely has. And listener, if you're listening to this and you're wondering if you've got the intellectual property in you that could be brought out and turned into something commercial, something that can be monetized. If you think you might be able to be the Mary Lou CD of your niche or niche, as my American friends like Mary Lou like to say, then Jump on a call with myself or a member of my team. The way to do that is go to ecircleacademy.com forward slash appointment. That's ecircleacademy.com forward slash appointment. Jump on a call. You can find a time that works for you in your calendar with myself or a member of my team. The call is absolutely free. It's our way of giving to you. We want to make sure that you find how your expertise can be taken out there into the world to make a difference. You deserve that. We want that to be available for you. Take advantage of it. The way to do that is to go into the show notes. All this information is there. And that wraps up another amazing episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about our incredible guest, Mary Lou Seavey, go to the show notes, go to her website, MindBridge Training, to find out about her dual coach and NLP certification, as well as her Ericksonian hypnosis class. And if you want to figure out what your IP is worth in the marketplace, jump on a call with myself or a member of our team at eastercoleacademy.com forward slash appointment. Until next time, goodbye.